Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm very excited to have on our show today, Matt Gartland, who is the founder of Winning Edits, a creative agency for authors specializing in the strategy and production of books, podcasts, and products. And uh, Matt is somebody who I've run into, uh, actually, I think it's probably been two, if not three years now since we last connected, I think two, um, kind of at the start of my journey in uh, the publishing world, right? When I was like, okay, yep. I want to start publishing other people and not just publishing myself. But it's kind of cool to to see how um, our paths have diverged and what he's been able to produce over the past couple of years. And and uh, we'll be digging into those projects. But Matt, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Tom, it's, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, this is exciting. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you do and, and what you're working on. Yeah, no, that's great. A lot of my work kind of focuses at the intersection of good storytelling and a digital experience. Um, and those are two broad topics I realize, but uh, it's fascinating to see the innovation that's occurring online um, as it pertains to digital publishing and self-publishing uh, with various forms of audience building through blogs and other forms of content like a really great podcast series. And my, my love has always been, uh, even kind of dating back to what I studied at university, uh, is technology, uh, but very much with a web focus and very much with a kind of a social focus. Um, uh, when I was studying uh, IT and, and technology back in school, you know, Web 2.0 was kind of just emerging as a thing, and social media was just sort of emerging as a thing. So it's like, you know, the intersection of, the, of these two uh, very fascinating aspects of our economy and of our society just enthrall me. So I've been trying to anchor my businesses uh, and my projects kind of at that intersection. Awesome. So actually, take us a, little, uh, a step back then. Um, how did you get into this, this, this world of, of authors and, and content creation and kind of the other stuff you've been branching off into in terms of podcasting, but kind of taking us back to that branding? So you said you studied, studied this kind of area in college, but like, where was, where's the root of this? Where does it start? Yeah, goodness. Uh, I suppose it does start in college, but uh, I'll confess it was not, not per se a, a conscious plan of mine um, or, or a direct route, uh, which I think uh, if, if anyone you know, really does aspire to be you know, an entrepreneur of some capacity, you, know, you have to be nimble. You have to kind of go sometimes without a plan and, and see what opportunities emerge and, and be adaptable, right? So what happened with me was I was studying technology, really started to kind of see what was happening online uh, with a variety of digital content means, um, and just kind of web apps, uh, kind of the web experience. Uh, that led me in, into an enterprise career, actually, first and foremost, right out of school, with Johnson & Johnson. Massive company, you know, world-renowned, you know, 100,000-plus employees. I don't even know how many, how many they have these days. But, so I did a lot of, a lot of enterprise IT, uh, but with a focus still on the web um, you know, a, a lot of the the opinions out there are accurate when it comes to enterprise caliber work, where they're they're kind of you know behind the times a little bit, trying to catch up. So uh, I was able to do some good work there. I really appreciated the opportunities, uh, trying to drive some some web uh, innovation uh, for some of the Johnson and Johnson brands. 
Um, and at, at my heart, I always still had that, that love of, of storytelling and content and narrative. Um, I explored that in college, even as electives. So, you know, here, here I am trying to tell my friends and explain to my friends in school, you know, why I'm electively reading all of these books and, and electively taking, you know, composition literature classes and writing all of these essays because I love story and I love content. So I got out of uh, enterprise, left that to kind of just explore what I could do online in the kind of the early stages of digital publishing and the way that manifested first was just as a freelance editor. Started finding some really interesting folks that were uh, of a business, uh, I guess, discipline or had some really interesting business stories and skills to communicate and were trying to do something with that and tried to make some introductions start working with them. Todd Henry is a great example, uh, someone who is very smart in the kind of the creative business space and works with companies and teams. And you know, he and I have had an opportunity to work together on some past projects. So that's how it started. And I just kind of you know, figured it out. Uh, and that's led to winning edits, which is, uh, as you say, uh, at the top there, you know, an editorial agency focused more or less on, on authors that are trying to really embrace this idea of building a, kind of their own little micro business and a little you know, digital publishing imprint or, or some capacity of that. Uh, that's what Winning Edits does. Uh, we do other things kind of that have been a branch out of that, but I didn't necessarily go to school thinking I was going to start a digital publishing company. <laughs> yep. Cool. So, you know, you, I feel like you've been in a part of a lot of different projects then in the, the author space, the publishing space. Um, Tell me about some of the, kind of the highs and some of the lows, maybe. Like, what have been like some of the, maybe even starting with some of the biggest challenges you've come up against, and then and then segueing into some of the bigger successes that you've had. Yeah, uh, really great question. The, the the challenges, there's no shortage of challenges. Um, I think one thing is being able to really acutely communicate your value uh, to an audience um, of potential clients or customers that may not immediately see it, because uh, I think in the traditional sense. You know, editing has always been maybe a function of of a traditional publishing house. And if you are, you know, an author that has pursued traditional publishing or, or been traditionally edited, uh, I think you know, hopefully, you've seen the value of what good editing is. But you're not necessarily paying for it, right? And you're not paying for it directly. So to you know, at least for me as a freelancer, and then growing into uh, the company, uh, winning edits, it's you know, it has been a a struggle to really say no. You know, like good editing costs something. Um, there's there's value here. To, it's immensely value uh, valuable, and if you are, uh, as an author, really excited about the the creative control and the kind of controlling your own destiny um, in, I guess, every way, uh, not the least of which financially, with digital publishing and in micro publishing, uh, self publishing in some capacity, you know, convincing them that you know investing in in good editorial is a is in fact a worthy investment has been a challenge and continues to be a challenge, quite honestly. I guess so. I guess that's the biggest one. Um, I could keep going here. So, uh, other challenges would would certainly include just building a team too. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, my team is is kind of geographically dispersed, uh, almost entirely virtual. There's a couple folks mm-hmm. uh, here in uh, Columbus, Ohio, where I am. But uh, I have an, uh, an editor, Ray, on my team. He's in Seattle. Um, Mindy is one of my my producers. She's uh, out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so building a team has had uh, a, it's been very joyful, but it's also been kind of reaped with challenges. Uh, you have access to a global talent audience, uh, ostensibly, you know, online and, and kind of what we do in this industry. But um, it's really really even harder than to really zero in on people that share your work ethic and and can be self motivated when they're not sitting right next to you in an office, yep. for example. Exactly. So tell, yeah. actually, you know, this is, this is interesting because uh, I'm, I'm really curious about this. How do you take something like editing 
um, and, and, and develop into something bigger than just being kind of a freelancer um, and build it into to a business where you employ other people and stuff like that. Take us through that process or had you had it always been that from the start or was it was it more like, you know, essentially more of uh, an individual freelancing bit for you kind of consulting type bit and then you've grown it. But I'm just curious about your your um, thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, another really great question. I would say that as I, I guess, got my personal name out there a little bit more and was uh, meeting some really great authors. Uh, I've never had the pleasure to, to work with uh, Chris Gillibo directly, for example, but you know, I've gotten to know him. Um, the World Domination Summit uh, kind of audience has a, a lot of uh, authors or, uh, or emerging authors, you know, kind of starting out maybe as bloggers and trying to do something a little more professional or whatever. Um, so as, as my, my name kind of got out there and I was working hard to, to network and whatnot, uh, I guess the first thing to, to mention was just a, a capacity issue. It's like, hey, you know, I only have so many hours in a day that I can be doing this. And I see a great just potential. Um, and I see and am motivated uh, at my core to help other people tell really great stories uh, and work um, in that capacity sort of as a steward you know, of their stories. How can I potentially you know, expand my personal capability to make a positive impact um, and that, you know, that was a segue into trying to align myself with some other editor, other editors that shared my vision and values and, and creative gifts, hopefully for, uh, for helping, you know, really shape good narrative, uh, and bring good ideas and good stories to life that, uh, that can influence people that can inspire people. So I guess that was, that was the first major, um, not per se an aha, but your know, major sort of maybe breakthrough it was like, Hey, you know, if I really want to buckle down and try to actually build a business around what I'm doing, uh, this is this is one very credible way of of, of trying to do that. Uh, so that's what I've done uh, in part. Uh, and as that's kind of taken off, um, I think a, another aspect of your question, which is great, is that um, God, I talk about this a lot. Is that editing is not just a one-dimensional thing, even though I think mm-hmm. a lot of people believe that. Uh, they think of editing, and and by and large, your average person may just think of grammar. They think of punctuation and spelling, uh, which is all super important, uh, and and that gets categorized into copy editing. Copy editing actually, though, is the, the final, uh, it's the third of three kind of editing uh, mm-hmm. either phases or specialities, however maybe you want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, up front, first is actually developmental editing, and, and we're doing more and more work actually in this capacity uh, vis-a-vis winning edits and, and the authors we work with, which is, hey, I have a story or a nugget of an idea, and I have all these experiences, and I want to turn this into a book, and I have a general outline of kind of amorphous thoughts so I know I have a book here somewhere. Can you help me shape this? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that is developmental editing. It's it's in part strategy. It's in part you know, almost information architecture, which is a term borrowed from software development. Um, you know, it's it's thinking through audience and audience connection, uh, narrative structure. So before you can even think about copy editing, you you have to do a really good job developmental editing, getting a, a structure and a flow uh, and a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, to the book. Um, Beyond that, after, after you really nail that, is uh, what's called line editing. Uh, and that is very much almost your classic wordsmith idea, where you're working in line of a manuscript and you're making a lot, a lot of red line changes and you're really focused on vocabulary and voice and you know, paragraph transitions and fl- you know, the actual flow you know, of the content. Um, once you nail that, then yes, hopefully after that point you have a really solid manuscript that is then you know, worthy of, of co- copy editing. And then you know, copy editing is, is almost binary. You know, there's there's either like a uh, it's either right or it's wrong. Uh, there's different style guides, and that's that's something of a nuance. But 
Um, but then there's copy editing. So as as Winning Edits has grown, and as we tried to make a bigger impact on uh, a positive impact on the the authors we work with, and then hopefully as as an extension, you know, make a good impact on their readers. You know, some editors are are you know more uh, focused and have a sharper speciality for developmental editing compared to copy editing. So that's been a way to kind of build the team and have authors. Um, you know, work with a variety of different editors through the process of a book production. Very cool. And then, how do you source? Uh, how do you personally source um, p- potential clients and customers for this? I feel like sometimes self-publishers don't necessarily value um, editing maybe the way they they ought to. Um, yeah. So, so tell me, take us through that a little bit. Yeah, that that again is kind of our, our number one challenge still. Though I'm utterly and endlessly grateful for. A lot of the referrals, uh, I think a business like ours uh, definitely thrives on uh, a little, a lot of positive referrals. Uh, Pat Flynn's one of our, our uh, just most amazing clients. Uh, he's not a traditionally published author, but, but uh, make no mistake about it, he's an author. Um, he puts out a lot of content in a lot of different forms and, and mediums, uh, and we have uh, the great pleasure of working with him. He's you know, passed our name along to other folks, uh, his good friend Chris Ducker. Uh, is another uh, friend of mine now personally, and and uh, a winning edits author. Um, we worked on his his book, uh, Virtual Freedom, and that's sort of an interesting example and in, in almost case study for where the industry is evolving. So so Chris uh, landed a traditional book deal. He was traditionally published, uh, but I think you know Chris is a super sh- uh, sharp and savvy business guy, and I think a, a lot of folks uh, like Chris are starting to kind of see what's happening in publishing. Namely, that in the traditional sense, there's a lot of contraction going on. Uh, there's fewer opportunities. Uh, the talent pool is shrinking because um, some of that talent is going off and becoming freelancers or or, or budding together and creating little micro businesses uh, in the service space. So, so he hired Winning Edits, and we worked with him on his first draft manuscript. He wanted to go in the door with his publisher with the absolute best manuscript that he possibly could um, to impress his publisher to get. Uh, the limited resources that that his publisher had to try to get as many of those resources and the best talent uh, on his project uh, as he could. So we had the opportunity to work with Chris on his manuscript uh, in the developmental editing sense, uh, as even as well as the copy editing sense, to again have the best first version um, as possible, soup to nuts that he that he could uh, when he submitted it. Uh, the publisher definitely still kind of did their thing and. And, and uh, added value uh, of their own on the editorial sense, even after we did it. Uh, but the book was a smash success. Uh, I can't remember how many like five star Amazon reviews it has now. It's like over six hundred. Um, so, and I think that's a testament to both the quality of the book and certainly Chris's even marketing savvy. But, but that's an example of sort of this hybrid nature of our industry now. Um, you know where there is still value uh, and still a, a good maybe business reason to pursue traditional publishing, but. Uh, there's a way uh, to potentially even merge that with some of the the creative freedoms uh, and independence that's going on, um, like we are uh, with winning edits. Awesome. Okay. Cool. And so, I, it sounds to me like referrals are are pretty key here, and that they are making yeah. these connections. So, how would you reach out to these guys in the first place? Oh goodness, uh, there's there's a potentially massive story there. Uh, <laughs> the the small version. Uh, short version is that I want to say it was 2010. I, I went to South by Southwest. I was very much um, beginning to to kind of frame up what I wanted to do post uh, my on, my uh, enterprise career. I hadn't even left yet, 
um, but was kind of planning uh, planning my retirement, if you will, from from the enterprise world and leaving. So I went to, went to uh, South by Southwest. Uh, at that point, you know, Tim Ferriss had already kind of hacked uh, South by Southwest, if you will, from like a blogger standpoint. So the blogger kind of community and the emergence of of some folks investing in some self publishing and digital publishing opportunities. Um, there was there was a decent little you know footprint of those folks there. Um, so I I went there and I had done a lot of due diligence up front in, in terms of researching what bloggers were you know, really taking off uh, and the stories that they were telling and really kind of seeing these guys as um, in some capacity or in some sense the vanguard of, of digital publishing and where that was going to go. And then uh, maybe the, maybe this was fortuitous um, that I think 2010 was the year also uh, the big sort of uh, go walla versus Foursquare sort of year uh, where, you know, global check-ins were like super important and everyone was kind of on, on that, on that um, trend or craze. So I was able to see where people were. So I just utterly crashed, you know, crashed people's lunches and things. And um, and and I emailed a fair number of them in advance and was like, "Hey, I'm going to be in Austin as well. Would love to try to meet up with you guys." So just took took initiative and kind of sucked it up and threw myself at some opportunities and was able to meet some really great people. Um, you know, it just it, it never ceases to amaze me just how charismatic and and how genuine a, a lot of the folks in this industry are. And if you just make a little bit of an effort to introduce yourself, you know, that can go a long way. And I was thankful uh, and, and lucky that it did in my case. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about kind of where you're at now and what you're working on and, and where you're going. Yeah, uh, we, we do a lot of strategic uh, content work. Um, a lot of times it results in some sort of a, of a published product. Um, oftentimes, I guess you could say that's a book. But what's you know, super exciting for us is that kind of the definition of a book is, is evolving and changing. Uh, it's not a very rigid concept anymore. Um, so that's fun. Uh, we work with, po- with folks like Pat, like Chris. Uh, we've worked with uh, Mark and Angel. Um, typically, we work on nonfiction projects. Uh, we've done a random fiction book here and there. Uh, but typically, we work with, with nonfiction authors in a business capacity or a leadership capacity or something about um, improving your creative process uh, like, like a Todd Henry. Uh, he writes, again, a lot about that. So we do we do a lot of content strategy, trying to think about you know what sort of narrative do you want to tell, sort of a cross channel. Uh, that's where we're trying to anchor a lot of our work now. Is like, okay, you want to write a book, you know, what sort of topics can you start getting out there uh, on the blog? Uh, maybe serialize some of this content through a hyper focused podcast. Um, what can you do to even drip out some some early ideas for a potential chapter through email? Uh, how can we start to really foster some audience engagement, you know, uh, reader engagement with those ideas and to help to even kind of calibrate your thinking about a book. And then once we kind of have a, uh, a more complete idea for what a, a really quality solid book can be, then again, we'll, we'll focus a little more acutely on, on the nuts and the bolts of, of putting a book together. Um, largely those, those projects, again, are digital first. Uh, we have worked with a, a number of authors on uh, print on demand, uh, which is continually uh, kind of growing as, uh, I guess, number one, just the technology continues to get better for print-on-demand. Um, and then two, it's just generally becoming more interesting to people to, to have that option. Um, so we've, we've produced a number of books uh, to be, digi- uh, be um, print-on-demand ready, if you will. It's still a digital file that you upload into, say, like Amazon Create Space, and then you can print from there. So, um, and, then, and then beyond, I guess, just, uh, again, the books and the production of the book, is uh, doing, uh, I guess, namely with folks like Pat, uh, to keep mentioning him, but um, kind of broader con- content strategy that 
even can manifest in off offline events. Not something that is really our bread and butter, but uh, Pat had, for example, uh, an in-person event, uh, kind of branded, it's a bit of a sub-brand as One Day Business Breakthrough. He did he did that sort of a, as a JV with his his friend Chris earlier in the year. So so we contributed some content thoughts uh, to you know what that experience would be like uh, for the folks attending that event in person. Uh, there was a live streaming component to that, uh, so we contributed some thoughts to that as well and kind of helped produce that. Uh, that that kind of uh, publication, if you will, it's certainly you know more than an event. We're not an event planning company, but we contributed so some of uh, you know the thoughts and the production around you know the stories that would be discussed there. Awesome, very cool. And so I guess I'm curious. Um, this kind of comes back a little bit, uh, but as far as you know, people maybe you know the self publishers that you work with or or that you see who are producing books like. You know, before they even bring a book to an editor, what are some of the the takeaways? That, what are the, I guess what are some of the takeaways they can take from the editing process? Like, what should they be um, when they're writing their book? If they're if if they're working on a book, what should they be looking at as they develop that book? Even maybe before they give it to an editor. Yeah, uh, fantastic question. Uh, I number one, I would say is structure. If uh, a, a lot of authors sit down, and this isn't per se a criticism, um, but a lot of authors sit down first and just kind of start writing. And if, if you're really good at just kind of free flow writing, more power to you and do it. Um, but you know what we've seen a lot of times um, are potentially lengthy manuscripts that you know get pitched our way, and there's a lot of good ideas there, but there's no real structure. You don't know. It doesn't feel like it's like it's a complete thing. Right? It doesn't per se have a, a really strong kind of premise, well established up front. That there's this kind of narrative arc, you know, through the book, uh, weaving in, um, you know, anecdotes or or really crisp examples, and then kind of sets up a really strong, you know, conclusion, and then ends in a place where the reader really feels like, oh, like yeah, this is this is a solid thing. You know, like I, I just completed the circle here, right? Um, uh, some books just sort of end um, almost randomly uh, or or unexpectedly. So so having structure up, up front first, really kind of thinking that through and challenging yourself to apply structure to your ideas and your stories does really go a long way downstream when you start to to engage an editor. Um, and the more that you can do some of that structure on your own, that's probably something that you uh, you may not have to invest in as much. To be perfectly honest. Um, it, it's work that we like to do, um, and, and work that we, we, we find has value. Even if someone does come to us with a book that already has good structure, we can still kind of tweak it around the edges. We actually did that with, uh, Steve Cam's book. Um, he's being traditionally published. Uh, so structure number one, uh, number two would just be, uh, would be flow. Um, thinking about flow from one chapter to another, one paragraph to another, um, Really, just trying to think through a really smooth reading experience, and and basically get out of the reader's way. Uh, a lot of times, uh, authors, especially new authors that are kind of attacking the space for the first time, um, will will write things uh, or have certain almost, if you will, verbal tics or things that kind of pre- present a, a bit of a, a rigid reading experience. So, if you really kind of uh, challenge yourself to to think from the reader's uh, point of view. Uh, what they're motivated by, how they're coming into contact with your book, and how can you really and then try to write that book with with transi- uh, transitions and examples that creates a smooth experience. I, I find that to be uh, endlessly important. Uh, those are the first two. I, I think third would then just be uh, why are you writing the book? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe that should have even been number one. But uh, 
you know, if you have an audience already and you're trying to grow that audience, um, you know, the, the, the reason for the book to help uh, potentially do that might be different from why you might be writing a book if you have no audience and you're trying to start one for the first time. So really trying to think through, uh, you know, the essence of the book. Um, you can almost think of, say, Simon Sinek's, uh, you know, kind of golden circle, right? And you, you want to focus on why and then the how and then the what. So start with start with why is sort of Simon's uh, Simon saying, and I think that's true when it comes to really trying to figure out, you know, do I need to write this book? Is it valuable? Uh, is this the right time for the book? And and is there a good purpose behind it? Awesome, I love it. So where can people reach out to connect with you if they need editing services or if they just want to reach out to you and and collaborate with you or work with you on on any of your projects? Yeah, no, thank you for the opportunity. Winningedits.com is is our little digital home. Um, the website probably needs updated. Uh, we're so in the weeds with their stuff that, mm. you know, it's sort of the classic story that the, the cobbler's uh, children have no shoes. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, I, I will freely admit that, uh, but that's the best way to kind of find us online. My email is matt at winningedits.com, pretty easy. Um, we're not overly active on social media. I will admit, uh, kind of the same, same reason there. Yep. Um, but, uh, we have a, we have a good monthly newsletter that folks can sign up for on our website and you can email me and we can just chat about your book project and yeah, I would love to hear about it and how we might be able to help you. Awesome, Matt. Well, I really appreciate you being on in the trenches and uh, thank you so much. And if you guys are listening, definitely check out Matt, check out winning edits. And if you're in the process of writing a book, highly encourage you to check out winning edits and consider using them for your book. So thanks again, Matt. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. And that wraps up another broadcast of in the trenches. If you'd like to check out the show notes, just head over to tommorcuscom slash podcast, where you'll find the latest broadcast. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, please do me a favor and leave a rating and review on iTunes. That's the fastest, simplest, easiest way to support my creative work, and it would really mean a lot to me. As always, this is Tom Morcus, and if you're listening to this, you are the resistance.